0: Hello, Marlene Banks, and welcome to New Books Network.
1: How are you? It's good uh, to be here.
0: Great. Well, it's great to have you again. A uh, few weeks ago, we talked about your series, The Son of the Preacher Man and Archer in Greenwood. And today, we're going to discuss your novel, Ruth's Redemption. So, how did you come to birth this novel, Ruth's Redemption?
1: The idea came when I was pulled by my literary agent, that um, Moody was looking for someone who wrote similar to Francine Rivers. And I had read Francine Rivers, and I wanted to keep it with the black experience. So I decided to do Ruth's Redemption. I had a, a bookshelf, and I looked over there one day, and just my eyes fell on the book about Nat Turner. And I wanted to do something around the Nat Turner Rebellion.
0: I noticed that. (laughs) I, too, am a longtime fan of um, Francine Rivers. And as I was looking through reading Ruth's Redemption, I I didn't think of Francine Rivers, but I saw your mix of biblical stories and historical stories. Um, So for a moment, tell us who is Ruth and Bo and Nat Turner.
1: They are loosely based on um, the book of Ruth in the Bible, Mm -hmm. and Ruth is loosely based, of of course, upon Ruth, and Bo is loosely Boaz.
0: Okay, nice, Boaz and Ruth. Um, How'd you get them to Virginia?
1: Uh... Nat Turner.
0: Nat Turner. Go
1: That's ahead. where he was, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, good. Um, why this era?
1: I wanted to do something about shadow enslavement of Africans and their descendants in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to include Nat Turner's rebellion. And so that was the time period I had to go into. And I, I've always been interested in... Uh, that time period, and I admired the strength of the people of that time, of my ancestors.
0: Did you see Birth of a Nation, the movie? No, I did not. Okay, so I was going um, to do a little chat about the novel written before the movie, because your novel came out way before the movie, Birth of a Nation, and there was a lot of controversy around the Birth of a Nation. So, because it's a, also about Nat Turner. Um,
1: oh, okay. It is. It
0: is. It's about Nat oh, Turner. Oh, okay.
1: About, I have to make a point to see it. Yeah,
0: it's about Nat Turner and his rebellion, and um, and the and his preaching, you know, um, and his wanting to teach slaves about faith and freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Which is so important in Ruth's redemption. Um, so. Why do you think uh, you continuously come back to faith and freedom? Why are the two so important?
1: Um, Faith is important to me personally. And I write um, out of my faith because you write from where you are. Mm. And that's where I am. And freedom started at the cross, in my opinion. That was the ultimate freedom. Christ Jesus is the ultimate liberator. He liberated us from the wages of sin, which was death, and reconciled us with the Father. Um, From a more human aspect, the enslavement of human beings was just an extension of the freedom that we had to attain in this life beyond our spiritual freedom.
0: Mm. Because even um, as I was reading, I noticed um, page 84, the women stopped and stared at Naomi and Ruth, approached the stream, and Nanny poked Lula, who winked at Ethel and Betty. So you're setting up that very story of... um, Naomi and Ruth, and Bo's wife, and then even um, a little before that, the, uh, one of the characters begins to talk about being free in Christ even when you're a slave. And it feels like the oxymoron, you know, um, free from the wages of sin, free from eternal damnation, free in your mind and heart. And, heart. and the character does call that hogwash, right? Ruth, she doesn't really believe. That at this moment. So, because slaves are in bondage, right? So, yeah. How, yeah. So, how would you um, reconcile? Because if it's Ruth's redemption, what is she being redeemed from? And how is slavery reconciled um, through this faith and freedom that God offers?
1: Okay. I'll start by setting up. Ruth is the voice of the world. She represents, she's a composite representation of many African descendant enslaved females of that time. And she represents the voice of the world and an unbeliever. Bo is the voice of God, or metaphorically speaking, he is. Mm-hmm. He is the voice of God uh, representing being a Christ follower. And that Turner is a a unique mix of a godly man who has the voice of the world, though, to fight human enslavement. Ruth doesn't believe because of what she's been through. And what she learns from Bo is that even in slavery, it is possible to be free mentally. You have physical enslavement and then you have mental enslavement. She was still enslaved even after he bought her and told her she was free and set her free. In her mind, she was still enslaved. She felt, okay, he has me here. Uh, If he wants to have sex with me, I have to still go along with it. And he kept trying to reassure her, no, I'm not going to do that. You're free, you're free. She had no mental concept of what freedom was truly. She was still enslaved in her mind. It's like taking a poor person and giving them $188,000, million dollars. You're rich. You're very, very, very rich. But you still think like a poor person. You're still running to Costco's (laughs) and Sam's Club (laughs) trying to get a bargain, you know, Mm. clipping coupons. Mm. A person can be physically enslaved but be mentally free. Or vice versa. So, and, and,
0: and go ahead. Oh, I was going to say. So, therefore, freedom is really of the mind. That's what you're saying, and that's what's happening to Ruth. And although enslaved in bondage and in chains, um, it's her mind that's not free. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it it goes both ways. Right, exactly. You can be enslaved physically and mentally, or, you know, one or the other, or both.
0: Or both, or both, or both.
1: But people can enslave your body, right. but they cannot enslave your mind. And You that, enslave your own mind by how you react to your circumstances.
0: And that's Ruth's redemption. That's Ruth's redemption.
1: Now, Ruth's redemption, let me tell you, was not my pick for the title. Oh. It was the pick of Moody Publishing. Okay. They changed the title. The working title that I had for the story was called Freedom to Love. Oh. And I picked that title because she was free from being enslaved, but she still didn't know how to love. She didn't trust. She was suspicious. She was angry. She was bitter. She was mad. So she was still enslaved psychologically, and she didn't have the freedom to love a man, to love herself, or to love life. So I picked the title "Freedom to Love." They didn't want that because they said it sounded too much like romance novel. <laughs> fair, and they didn't want to be associated with publishing romance novels. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they, they 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 had a thing for. Francine Rivers and Ruth's Redemption was sounding more like I think she did a, a, a what was the story she did about the gold rush?
0: Um, well, she did uh, Redeeming Love.
1: Yeah, Redeeming Love. Yeah. They thought the title would attract people who liked that story, Redeeming Love.
0: Well, let's see. And so
1: that's how it got the title. So, that's my a- focus as, as when mm-hmm. writing the story was not so much on her redemption. I didn't focus on that. The, they just put the title up there, mm-hmm. but she was indeed redeemed and she, redeemed in several ways. Exactly. So I said, "Okay, it works. It works."
0: Right, because you because as you said before, um the freedom to love, if you if you're not free to love, um you can't really move on and build and get married and prosper, which Ruth does. And yes. Ruth, and although this is historical, Although eighteen hundred, although slavery, Ruth is the modern day woman.
1: Yes. Ruth is wounded wounded. Mm-hmm. Damaged mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. Yes, yeah, she is a lot of modern day women.
0: She is the modern day
1: modern day woman.
0: If you could um take this book and offer it to the modern-day woman, right? Uh, Because a lot of the rhetoric behind another slave narrative is we want to see something contemporary. What would you say? How would you offer Ruth's redemption as although a slave narrative still conforming and equating it to the modern-day woman?
1: Good question. Um... I guess I would say that the issues that Ruth dealt with then are very similar Mm -hmm. to the issues that we deal with today. Although she was enslaved and she suffered most of hers under her enslavement, today, women have become enslaved in a different way, but Mm -hmm. enslaved still. Enslaved to thinking we have to look a certain way, enslaved to thinking you can't live without a man, enslaved to the culture that we live in to get money, uh, 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 to be what the culture tells us we should be. Um, I believe the culture is very hard on black women in particular. Mm -hmm. We, I've read articles that say we are the least liked female on the planet. We are considered the least sexy, the least beautiful, the least attractive, and the least desirable, which blew my mind. Mm. Because I said, well, for us to be the least desirable, uh, a whole lot of men sure like to have sex with us. So I couldn't figure that one out. But this was some data that came up. And black women has always had to be strong and we have been given the title the angry black woman Mm -hmm. and we dealt with issues with the black man and issues with the world in general so what Ruth deals with is just the root of why we act like we do like certain things are like they are, and the psychology of the modern black woman today, all the damage done during the enslaved those years of enslavement have just carried on in different ways, but it's still the same root problem.
0: Thank you for that that's that's true that's the same root problem, and you bring that I guess that's why they're Whether it's a slave narrative or a very contemporary story, for the black woman, there's progress and process and two steps forward and three steps backwards.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we still have the the same internal struggles Mm -hmm. within our communities and the outward struggles, like our own caste system, skin color system. Mm
0: -hmm, Correct.
1: Um, We still go through that. The slaves went through it, and we still go through it to this day. so I think it's very relevant. it just plays out differently in modern times exactly i
0: um I also in Ruth's Redemption, enjoy how you allow Ruth to be angry with god um Ruth was angry with his with this God that everyone adored so much. You know, because in in the book, God is presented as this wonderful and almighty person who's going to give you freedom. And if you follow him and do what he says, you know, and yet we want to walk in that light and very easily you um, make Ruth very human, making her angry, you know, with this ever-present God that everyone else adored so much. Because as you said before, she's, she's representing the world. She doesn't have an adoration for him um, at this moment because of the plight that she has gone through. Um, so that that's very apropos in creating the believer who is coming or coming to know Christ, um, even the ones who know him and still uh, get, angry. get
1: angry. Yes, because remember, she told both. That he was angry with God, but he didn't want to admit it. Right,
0: exactly, exactly. So it's almost like you're. Uh, the book also speaks to this thing that we want to stifle, right? Anger, as if we're not, if if we want to deny that we are angry.
1: Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how can you not have lived as a person who was treated like cattle? and not be angry about it. And if you believe in God, not wonder, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Where are you? Why haven't you done something about this? This is the human part of us. And I'm sure God understands it, but we are taught that we're not supposed to feel that way. God is just... But human people, look at Elijah when he said, Look, I'm tired of this. Just kill me. Everybody, you know, everybody. the woman is coming after me. I don't want to deal with it. Uh, just take me. Um, you know, we have feelings and emotions, and God understands that. But we have been taught out of, and I understand this, out of respect, not to express them or to stifle them, squelch them down. How dare you? Who are you to get angry with God? And it's a different type of anger. It's more of a disappointment. It's a, not that you're angry at him, but you're angry about what he's allowing or what he has allowed. And we're taught not to, that it's wrong to feel that way because out of reverence for God, you, you don't get angry. Exactly.
0: But we're, um, but we're more emotionally healthy. We've been studying a, a book called The Emotionally Healthy Church, the emotionally healthy you, um, in Sunday school, so and that's exactly what it talks about: uh, dealing with the anger, um, owning the anger, or whatever emotions there are, because we are particular humans. And um, Jesus wept; Jesus got angry. <laughs> so that's
1: right. Yeah, that's, that's right.
0: Exactly. So, so this is um, an excellent book. Is there anything you'd like to add to or take away? If you could rewrite it or tell someone to pick it up. What would you do? What would you say?
1: Um, Some parts of it was removed by the publisher. Ah. Yes. Um, Moody, as I said, even with Preacher Man, they didn't like controversial um, things to be brought out. They, They played it safe. And they're very conservative, and I'm not knocking it, but they removed a few scenes that I thought, which even though they said they were well written, for some reason they yeah. didn't want to go with it. One of the scenes that they really sliced up was uh, when Ruth was taken from her mother and thrown into the barn the first time when she was raped. And I had did a much more expansive scene Mm. of that, but they took it out. Um, when Nat Turner was hung, I did a much more expansive scene. They cut part of it off. Mm. And the part that, and I, I got kind of upset about that because the part they cut off was there was all, it was said that when Nat Turner was hung, his body did not react like the normal human body does when it's hung. Mm. And I don't know why, but for some reason they took that out. I didn't say it in those words, of course, but I described it. Right. And we've all seen on television when the body is hung, it jerks, it rejects, you know, and and the different movements that the body Mm. would make. They said his body did none of that. Mm. Through my research, I found that his body did not do anything that the normal body does. And when you look, read accounts of his hanging, it's almost seems as if God took him up out of that body before they hung him. Wow. Right before, you know, they, they actually pulled him up. And um, for some reason, I tried to describe it for people to come to that conclusion but for some reason it was taken out. Um, I think I might would go more into Nat Turner if I was to change it or rewrite it. Go. I wanted to maybe delve a little more into Nat Turner. Um, he was a fascinating man. Yes. And one of the reasons I wrote it as I did is because when I learned about Nat Turner, what I was taught was very different from what I found in research. I always thought he was just an angry black man, mad because he was enslaved mm-hmm. and he wanted revenge, you know, and mm-hmm. freedom, of course, but let's let's kill him up and let's go be free. That type of thing Understood. although yeah. I knew that he was a preacher, I just never thought. But this man was not just a preacher, because we all know every preacher is not a man of God. This man was a man of God. He believed. He actually believed God wanted him to do what he did. And he believed it. It was not just, oh, we're going to do this to get our freedom. This He felt he was striking this blow for freedom under God's anointing. There had been, and when he started thinking this, there had been, um, I can't remember if I wrote it in the book or not, but he was praying on it, and there was an eclipse. He took that eclipse to be a sign of God saying, go do it. This was a strong man of God. And he felt God gave him the mission to do what he did. And I don't know if I made that point very well. Well, you read the book. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Um. I've, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to go back and find that section with uh, Nat Turner and what you were saying. Um and you did bring it to the, that point, but also because I because Birth of the Nation actually hits that exact thing that you're talking about, which is why when you see it, you will absolutely enjoy it so much. Okay. Yeah, um, because that is what happens. Is there is no it is God who is moving him in all directions. So and that's right. that's clear.
1: Now t- people say, now people who say, well, with God. God wouldn't send somebody out there to murder people in their sleep and murder babies in the crib and blah, 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 blah. blah. And to me, that just opens up a whole dialogue, which is a good thing. It would open up conversation. And it was meant to be something to open up conversation. Was he correct? Did God send him? Or did he get it wrong? I believe he truly believes God sent him. Mm -hmm. Now, whether God did or not, because you know and I know, Sometimes we think God wants us to do something and we get it wrong. <laughs> exactly.
0: And there are so, several biblical accounts in which God does send one to slaughter.
1: Exactly. You know, but if you look back at the Bible, exactly. exactly, there are times when He sent them into the Promised Land. He sent Saul and their people. He said, "Kill everything." Every, exactly. I mean, kill every man, every, woman, child. Mm-hmm. Even one time, He told them to kill the cattle. Remember? Exactly. Kill the cattle. Mm-hmm. Don't leave anything living. Exactly. Exactly. So so if you know your Bible or oh, right. that New Testament, That's right. exactly. you would um, say it is possible. Right.
0: Exactly. And what was going on was it. But it was, still okay. would
1: be a very good dialogue because some it people is. say, well, that was Old Testament. And God doesn't do it that way. Uh, wouldn't have done it that way by that time because mm. he lived in the New Testament time. But still, we don't know. Exactly. We don't know. We don't know. And if and either way. If God did or didn't, he believed God did.
0: And that was faith. So his
1: motivation was of a godly man. Exactly.
0: Which goes back to your important motif, faith and freedom. We can't be free if we don't have faith and if we don't stand in that faith and walk in that faith, which is what you show very well with Nat Turner in um, Ruth's Redemption, as well as with Bo, and Ruth herself, as she becomes this redemption. Oh my goodness, yes. this, was, this was great. I'm very happy that I got a chance to talk to you about Ruth's redemption, um, a novel um, that's about a proud and defiant beautiful woman who comes into her own. It is, and despite what anyone wants to believe, it is a romance novel. Yes it, um, is. yes it is it's, not it's
1: a new kind of romance now.
0: correct it's not your Harlequin romance boy meets girl boy and girl break up kind of romance it's not that what's happening behind the doors romance but it is as you said it is true love of self of man and of God yes, yes. so Marlene thank you so much for joining me on New Books Network
1: this thank is you great. for having me
0: you're very welcome you're very welcome